Listen Up Renegades, being part of the podcaster network has opened so many doors for me and introduced me to some truly amazing podcast hosts. The one I'm currently binging is The B Word with Joanne Bolt. Joanne's snarky attitude and knowledge of business is one I think will resonate with you too. Take a quick second and listen to it wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. I bet you'll love it just like I do. Welcome to the Business Renegades podcast, where we're dedicated to challenging the status quo. I'm your co-host, Maria Kreider, a course creator. And I'm Tara Leeson, business mentor. We provide practical advice and actionable tips to help you break free from the same old strategies and create something new and innovative. Today on the podcast, we have another guest joining us. It is Casey. Casey, tell us about yourself. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Casey or your case for wellness on Instagram. And I'm a holistic nutritionist (laughs) that came out weird. And I work with women all over the world to help them get over dieting and finally feel their best in their own bodies. After years of struggling with eating disorders myself and yo-yoing and just feeling totally out of place in my own body, I finally found a balance of nutrition as well as understanding the mindset that was holding me back, went back to school specifically for that. And now I help women to finally feel safe in their own body, to also understand that they can feel at peace with food, feel normal around food, and also like what they see in the mirror. It's so huge. Like I feel like this affects, well, it affects every woman out there really, because we all you know, think about this so much. And and there's ways that you can, you know, get your mindset in a better space, I guess, um, instead of constantly be, you know, overthinking your food and how you're looking and what, you know, all of those things that are constantly on our minds because I think too, they're constantly in our faces. So, yeah. And we are constantly bombarded by messaging and images of Mm -hmm. what we as women should look like, act like. And it's so great to see that there is a counterculture being developed and being more mainstream of accepting bodies, body positivity, you know, not just these 1200 calorie diets or these severe restriction However, the reason why I feel so passionate about what I do and why I inhabit the space that I do is because what I have found is that a lot of women come to me and they realize, you know, at whatever age it is, that dieting fucking sucks and it's terrible for their body and for their mind. And then they get introduced to intuitive eating. And now this is not every, I would say about half of the women that I work with, they got introduced to the concept of intuitive eating. And for those who don't know, intuitive eating encompasses 10 main principles, including, you know, rejecting the diet mentality, making peace with food, like these amazing principles, but it's not until the last principle called gentle nutrition that specifically nutrition is addressed. And so in my own journey, I first went to intuitive eating and I totally learned principles. This really helped me to better understand food and its emotional effects on my body, but I still didn't feel like the energy I wanted to feel. I still was carrying extra weight that was not comfortable on my own body. And I have women come to me that say that they feel shamed by the intuitive eating community for wanting to then lose weight. 
And again, I think intuitive eating can be amazing and beautiful for individuals. And I'm not shaming intuitive eating because I use a lot of intuitive eating principles with myself and with my clients. However, I thought I was doing a disservice to women to make them think that there's only the dieting option or just intuitive eating and that then they couldn't then therefore work towards aesthetic goals. So what I do with my coaching is having women be able to make peace with food, peace with their bodies, but you first need to freaking understand like a base of nutrition knowledge, how you can bounce your blood sugar and bounce your hormones so you can feel good. Because if you don't feel good, if you feel like shit, like you're not going to be able to then make good nutritious choices for yourself. So you need to have that baseline of understanding like how you can eat to thrive and have energy because in that place, then you can be able to have the cookie because you want to have the cookie and it's good and it's, and you can feel good about it. And I hate using good and bad um, words, but in that, in that way versus, you know, not understanding properly nutrition and then consistently feeling like shit and then turning to food then to cope. So I take that two pronged approach instead. And that is what I, why I found my clients to have so much success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's huge. And it's, you know, there's so much of that division of either you're fully in like the weight loss camp or you're fully in body positivity and you can't, you know, you can't lose weight if you're body positive or, you know, you're over here and you're doing all the fad diets and like, that's all that there is. There's no in between or like bridge between that. Like you can still feel good about yourself and also want to lose weight. Like that is a thing that can coexist. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you're like, it's not good and bad or not good or bad. You can yeah. eat healthy. You can eat what you want and feel good about eating intuitively and still manage to lose weight or mm -hmm. still work towards eating healthily and, and doing intuitive eating and lose weight. It doesn't yes. have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And it's really doing women a disservice to think that in order to be like body positive, they can't ever want to change their body. I just saw like a very famous influencer and she was talking all about body body positivity and that being her brand. And then she recently lost weight and now all these people are getting mad at her. And she lost weight. Or I think the, the way that she, the amount of lost weight that she lost was like very healthy in terms of the amount of time she took six months to do it. She did it in a way where she wasn't restricting. She hadn't been working out. She started working out and people are shaming her for that. Like she's not go like, that's not been, why are we putting women down in that way either? I do think that weight loss is totally glorified and I don't, I don't, um, use scale check-ins with my clients. I do have women who, weigh themselves, but I encourage them to not weigh themselves every day or not even not every week, like maybe once a month if you want to weigh yourself and then we can check in from there. But we should use metrics way beyond weight loss in terms of our success. Like how do we feel in our clothes? But not even just that, like what is the energy that you're feeling? Like how does your, your skin clearing, like how, are you getting a regular period? Because if we are just using weight loss as our metric, then you're going to feel like shit from day to day because it's not like every day on this, the weight on the scale is going to drop, nor do I think that is a healthy relationship to have with the scale. However, if your metrics become like waking up with energy and getting full sleeps and all, and all these things that I am talking about, you're able to feel success from day to day. And when you can feel success from day to day, that builds momentum. And when you build momentum, 
then you get more excited to do the do things and do the things and do the things and then eventually get to that goal. And right. what I find very often, yeah, exactly. It's way more sustainable. And what I find yeah. very often is people have this idealized number of what they want to get to with weight. And then once going yes. through the motions, that becomes the least of their worries and also becomes that can change that what that number is. And so why mm-hmm. don't we work through the process and to get your body to actually feel good. And then it can look good right? And when I say good, I put it very much in quotation marks because it really is just a reflection of how you're feeling inside. Yeah, I find that too, because, well, I don't know if we've said on the podcast, but my second business is, you know, an at-home women's um, fitness and fat loss coach. And yes, there's fat loss in there, but there's so much more that we actually focus on than just that number. And I can't even tell you the number of clients that I've had to say, like, they've given me the number that they want to either lose or get down to. And I'm like, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like 105 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. Because even if you did that, you're not going to feel good. Like the what it's going to take you to get there is not going to make you feel good. You're not going to actually, like, you're not going to have energy. Nothing's going to feel good at the specific number that you think is like the perfect number in your mind. And it's so important to let go of those numbers that we think that we need to attain. Like, 120 pounds and 110 pounds and whatever like it's an arbitrary number you know like actually put more into it and more into how you're actually feeling if you can get through your day that is so much more beneficial than getting to that glorified number but do you realize how scary those numbers sound and the, and what you have to go through to get to that? Mm-hmm. 110, yeah. 110, 105 pounds. I haven't weighed that much since I was a sophomore in mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. That's like you, fresh into puberty. You'd be surprised, though, how many women will come and say, this is my goal weight, and it will be low like that like do you find that too Casey like with your clients or I don't generally have people coming with specific well they might say like a certain amount of weight they want to lose but not necessarily put it in that goal number I do think because of your background with competition and also just in general and that's something I just want to say in general like Tara and I definitely have different approaches to how we work with clients but we have a lot of respect for each other because we are both professionals (laughs) we both went and got like we have extensive education in this space like I mean Tara's an RN, like, and so it's funny because we do not work with our clients in the same way, but it's, mm-hmm. we, we know though, like what we do is both sides backed approaches. Both we do is both like is still health backed approaches for our clients. Yeah. And that's like, also if you say like with business coaching, whatever, like your thing may not be to go with X person, or you may not want to work with them, but that doesn't just validate like their experience and that you don't necessarily have respect for them. Right. Um, and I just want, just kind of want to say that as a note, because there's a lot of people online that we know, mm-hmm. especially in the health and nutrition space. And the reason why I get so up in arms about this, obviously, because this is my background and what I do, but because obviously with business coaching, you could lose money and that's terrifying as well. But when you're putting people's health at risk, 
because you claim to have worked with hundreds of women just by giving them macros and having them like lose weight that's severely damaging their metabolism, severely damaging their hormones, like the lifelong effects of that. And the amount of women who've come to me that have experienced negative effects of that, and now we're just trying to rebuild their bodies is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I don't have people that come to me generally with like as specific with numbers and and I'll definitely with the lower end, just because of my messaging is really, I don't really talk about weight loss specifically. Like I I do talk about how people, people send me messages like, oh, I'm feeling better in my clothes or like maybe lost some weight, but it's not my main messaging just because that is not, fat loss is not my main focus. Like Mm -hmm. I more frame it in the way of, you should the excess weight that doesn't serve you because of letting all your body feel safe and approaching with health. So I would say most of my clients do lose weight and most of my clients' weight loss is a goal, but it's just a little bit different my approach. And as a result, I would say the aims of clients are a little different that come to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which totally makes sense. And like, even back to, so I do give my clients macros to yeah. follow with a range. Um And we talk about so much though, like why the different macros are important, what carbs do for you, what protein does for you, what fat does for you. And there are also certain ranges that I would never, ever put a client below because I know how that affects your health. So there's things like that too, that I bring in not only with my certifications, but like as a nurse, I know what this is going to do if we go too low. But, you know, I do take that approach. It's more so also so that people can actually see kind of how they need to fuel their body, how they need to balance their plate. Um, That it's not just calories. And because really, you can fill calories with whatever you could eat all donuts, like, but that's not going to be ideal. So it's seeing, you know, these things that um, are actually going to work and make you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you're also including the protein because you have appropriate levels of fat, because you're actually eating carbs, because that's a huge one. Like, People are so scared of carbs and it's like, they give you energy. Like you have to eat them. And I just feel like, especially when I do macros with people, it's never either a long-term thing. I always think that, you know, this is a way that you can learn what about food, what it will do for you, you know, how it benefits you and also portion sizes Because that's another thing that I think people struggle with is that both overeating and undereating, like they can't, they are not sure what the proper portion sizes are because everything is so out of proportion, I guess, in our society. Like you go out to eat and it's just like these massive things or you see like McDonald's meals and it's like the extra large fries and everyone's getting super size and like, but what is actually good for you? Like good in quotations, not really good, but what is something that's going to actually make you feel good? Mm-hmm. And 
I also go into, which I know you do too, Casey, like listening to your hunger, things like that. And, you know, being able to be attuned to those things, because that's another aspect that you just, there's all of these things that, you know, come into play with it. Yeah. So what I, what I'm seeing, and I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that, but like what I'm seeing is like, you're both educating and empowering your clients to make the best choices for them as an individual. Mm -hmm. It's not blanket statements. It's not, here's this generic list of macros. This is what you're eating. I'm sorry if you're hungry, like tough. (laughs) You hit it right on the nose because empowering is what I say all the time in my messaging. And like, I'm personally not a fan of macros, but that doesn't mean that I don't like just being honest. I'm not a fan of macros, but I also, though, I have my informed intuitive approach, which teaches women how they can use their intuition, like be able to be intuitive, but also understand like the balanced plate method. So like, that is a way of showing with protein, fat, fiber, rich carbs, like how they can be able to implement them in their diet. But also with like Tara's approach, you know, she takes the, your ideal clientele is coming to you wanting, like wanting to use macros, but now you're showing them how to use it in a healthier way and showing them how they can eventually get away from that and not be so rigid with it. So we are getting to an end result that allows women to, again, feel educated, feel empowered, and also still honor their health. So it's kind of, yeah, it's in the same way. It's like, yeah, we may not want, we we don't have the same approach. That's why we attract maybe different clients, but that doesn't mean that it's still not based in science, based in health and helping women to stop excessive dieting and get healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with my bodybuilding background, um, I have seen, I specifically haven't been on that low of macros. I mean, they got low, close to competition, but um, I've seen some of the plans that these people are on and like, that's just shit I would never do. Yeah. But when it is out there mainstream and people are posting their macros and they don't see that this is the end goal is to get as lean as possible for a competition and they just see these macros and they think, oh my God, I need to be eating that. And it's like 150 protein and, you know, 20 carbs and 20 fat. That's not going to be good for you. But those are the kinds of things that are out there. And I, I actually just saw one today before we jumped on here. I was like, Oh my God. I've actually done that before. Like I've worked with other, you know, fitness coaches before. And it wasn't like I had a big goal. I was preparing for a competition. No, no, no. I had just come out of cancer treatments. I had ballooned to nearly Mm -hmm. 200 pounds from the steroids. Cause you know, you give care, the chemo gives you supported medicine. And some of that is some steroids or whatever. So I got really big and I was like, I need to get back to normal. Like, I just want to feel normal, come Mm -hmm. back to a healthy range, get back to whatever. And I was doing these crazy macros. I was, I was weighing my food. I have two kitchen scales, Mm -hmm. weighing my food, measure everything out, actually like using measuring cups to like get it down to the, to the gram, like really strict. And it was stressful. And I was hungry and I was always hungry, but I was losing the weight, but I felt like shit. I mean, like, yeah, I couldn't have both. Yeah. The inflammation that stress puts on your body is, and also that just doesn't set you up for success. That like, you're not going to, 
I mean, there are people who bring scales out to uh, dinner. I mean, it's just wild what the extreme. But the weight loss wasn't sustainable. I was stressed as hell, frustrated about my food. My grocery bill was through the roof. I lost the weight, but then when I was like, I'm done being this neurotic about it, because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I was neurotic about it. I gained 20 something odd pounds back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm sitting at what the scale, the, the BMI thing, the, tr- the track, the app says is like borderline obese, but I'm the healthiest I've been in six years. Mm-hmm. I feel See, good. And- with someone with your health issues and things like that, I would take, yeah, just a completely different approach. Like that just doesn't even, that doesn't even make sense because it's more about supporting your health going forward and how can you just feel healthier? And then, yeah, like you would lose the weight because it is a lot of effects from the steroids, things like that. And as those are you know, that inflammation is coming off of your body, you're going to lose weight. Um, there's also an, a lot of extra fluid. There's a whole bunch of things, but just generally, you know, learning how to eat healthy again would be so much more important because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I mean, I see it in the hospital. I know what we feed people. I've seen what, um, people who have undergone cancer treatments and like chemo treatments eat. And sometimes it's just like eating to survive because you cannot keep anything else down. Right. So it's relearning now, how do we eat to live? You know, we're no longer eating just to survive. How do we eat to live? And so in that case, like, I don't, I don't even know if I would, use macros for someone to be quite honest and this is the whole thing it's a case-by-case basis and like you said with taking you know weighing everything taking your scale all the places that is not something that I would ever recommend to anyone like my clients eat out they don't take scales there is no way in hell I would have someone take a scale to a restaurant or like a family meal or anything that that blows my mind like that no is not Mm -mm. I did that (laughs) I well yeah I did that yeah Mm -hmm. because that was probably what the coach at that time was telling you that you had to do in order to lose weight and it's like no no I would burn out from the workout like I, I would I would not have the energy to carry through to last the workout session. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we're done. Half hour in, we're done. I'm out. Yeah. Like that's not, that is not how it should be because you need to actually eat to thrive. Like you need to eat to have energy and yeah, no. I say all the time, your body's more than a math equation because it is not about just calories in versus calories out. Even if you're just talking about weight loss, there's so many other biological processes that are happening in your body. So what works for one person for weight loss might not work for you. And also because of our hormones, because of sleep, because of stress, like 
we have so many other factors in our body that are going to therefore yield different physical, mental, emotional results. And my aim for all of the women who work with me is not just like, yeah, to eat, to thrive and to live their life to the fullest. Cause you are not living your life to the fullest. If you are worrying about going out to eat and that stress that that going out to eat, what does that do for you? What do we do when we're stressed about anything? A lot of times when we turn to food. So we want to mitigate stress, um, not only for body composition purposes, but also for just general inflammation for feeling our best. And to just have, like, why do you, I always go back to your bigger why, like, why do you want to lose weight in the first place? So you feel good. So you're happy. Well, like you, you obsessing about food all the time is not making you feel good or be happy either. Right. We need to really ground ourselves in our greater why. What is our purpose in the first place? And be honest with that. And a lot of times it comes from external pressure, external factors versus really becoming clear with ourselves internally about what we want for ourselves not because of how someone will judge us, not because of how we look next to someone else, not because someone said something, but what is it really doing internally for ourselves and how will we be happier? And one important part here is we need to start acting as if now. And what was, I actually just had a client coming to me and telling me her certain goals of um, wanting to feel in more in control of food. And Control can have a negative connotation, but in this sense, it was just more feeling like more at peace with food is honestly what she meant I could tell. And I said, tell me though, what would it look like if tomorrow you were that person who was in, who was to have that control? Like, what would you wake up and do? What would you feel like? What would you say to yourself in the mirror? What would you be eating? What would your workouts look like? And she was going through all these things, this and this. And I'm like, you realize there's nothing that's stopping you from doing that right now. Nothing that you said had anything about, I would go on the scale and this weight would come back, or I would be wearing this size jeans, or I would, like, nothing was anything specifically related to that. It was all things that she could change immediately. So you need to be that person now because, and not wait for that person to magically, uh, you know, manifest in your body. <laughs> uh, and it's the, it's really the, men, the, the mental hurdle is the hardest part. We, we want to focus on all the external things. Like what supplements can I take? What can I do this? Cause we want to do everything except do the hardest shit, which is just really evaluating internally why we are stuck in the first place. And that's why, and I know Tara, you work on this too, but we can't, the food is usually like the problem. We don't want to talk about the food. Like, Oh, what can I add? Like, Oh, that helps to balance blood sugar. And I, I can give you all the blood sugar balancing tips. I can tell you all the foods that help to balance your hormones, but it doesn't matter if you're adding cinnamon to your freaking coffee, if you are then sat every night and eating pint of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Like your, yep. your, like your blood sugar is going to be shit. Like it's not, and it's, you're going to wake up and have cravings and you're going to not sleep at night and you're going to have all. So we want to focus on what's that next up level. Oh, like what's that fat loss supplement or what's that thing to balance my hormones? Like, no, you need to actually work on your stress first. And also a lot of times we just go to okay, I'm meditating. I'm meditating for five minutes a day. I'm checking it off. Well, you need to get deeper. Like, get, You have to believe in the meditating and, and working for you. You have to embody that. And I know that's going to sound some people woo-woo and there's some part of you that's a little bit woo-woo, but I also, everything's rooted in yeah. science. All of that men my, mental stuff, I believe in it because of the science that backs it. Well, exactly. It's the same thing. It's just like in business coaching where people are like, rely on manifestation to make as much money as you want. Like it'll just drop into your lap as long as you have manifested. That's not how it works. You can still use manifestation practices, you know, and really get into 
what you want and why you want it and like really be thinking about that, but you still have to take the action in order to get there. Like it, it doesn't just happen. Exactly. It's a, uh, it's, it's good though, to use a two pronged approach, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just about the checklists. Yeah. But it's not just about the mind. Like it does not about the manifestation or the mindset. Like how can mm-hmm. we be able to use both and use both in a way that feels good too? Because if yeah. you're just doing it to do it, that's really defeat the purpose. Yeah. And I would totally agree. And I mean, I work so much with my clients on mindset as well, because that's such a huge, huge part of it. And it has to be both. Like it can't be just one or the other. It has to be both. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times the mindset is really needs the most amount of guidance. It's meal plan. You could technically find something like that on Pinterest. I don't like, I don't do meal plan. I know you're not into meal plans either. Um, I don't do that. But if you wanted that, you could find some free resources that what you don't have is someone in your corner to help you cut through your BS and figure out why you keep up with these patterns and these cycles and mm-hmm. to help support you and guide you, but also have some tough love for you so that you can be the better version of yourself that you really want to be. And investing in someone that is experienced, that has a professional background to mm-hmm. be able to keep your health first while also your mindset and that equal. Cause a lot of times it's hard for us to prioritize both, especially we are our worst critic and we are the least objective about ourselves. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, remember that, remembering that education piece and like making sure that if you are looking for a coach or you're looking to work with someone, like actually look for someone that has education in it. It's not no one who sells ketones is, you know, like they say that, oh, they train us so much and we get so much education. Okay, so the MLM company that they work for is not education on how you can properly guide someone. No, it's education on how to sell it. Exactly. Yeah, information, science-backed information that supports the proprietary blend that they put in there. So it's... Yeah. 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 And there are people who can be affiliated with supplement companies that do have valuable information. So I'm not like putting Mm -hmm. down all of that, but um, when it's specific, yeah, there's just a lot, there's a lot of gray area. And it's also really, that's what's so hard is because people on Instagram, they're searching for that and they see someone who has a page that has flashy results and they get drawn to that. And I don't blame them. And it's just really sad to see how people are falling victim to that. And then they also get really excited about it because they do see those results kind of Maria just like you were saying like you got you you so you probably like oh they are credible they do know and then you get the long-term effects um mm-hmm. so it is I never take anyone's health for granted and I also something that's important to me is I don't just like have my link out there just to sign up for one-on-one client right away because with health I really need to make sure specifically that I have the right skill set mm-hmm. for you and your body so mm-hmm. I always do um some type of discovery call or so that I can really understand where someone is mentally. Um, also like if they have an active eating disorder, that's not something that I work with. I am not, that is not within my scope, 
And yeah. I see so many coaches that take on clients that they, um, uh, there's coaches that if they were active in their scope, would be just fine. But there's so many yeah. coaches who just want to be able to like make more money and they say, Oh, help everyone, but we're not supposed to yeah. be helping everyone. And so I, I take that very seriously. Yeah. And I mean, I totally agree. I have, like, I mean, I have my degree in psychology. I've taken classes on eating disorders and different things like that. I have my degree in nursing and I have worked with people that have eating disorders. Um, I've taken care of them in the hospital in both um, a mental health facility, as well as being hospitalized, like on the ward. However, I would never ever pretend that I could actually help them as a client on like their fitness journey or whatever health journey as a client in my business. I like, there is no way that is not the kind of thing that you need. You need to go get therapy and like really work through what is going on for you there. It's not you don't need a coach. Like <laughs> that's so, and I, I know I've seen it so many times and it's so inappropriate. Like it's so bad. Yeah. Integrity over everything. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have worked with women who have had eating disorders and have gone through recovery and now they've gotten mm -hmm. to a place. Actually, they may have had an eating disorder. So honestly, like a similar journey as me, had an eating disorder, went through it, went through like maybe went through tubing, something like that. And, and, but still then had aesthetic goals and energy goals, health related goals, mm -hmm. want to feel better in your body, but will want to do a non-dieting approach because especially they recognize how important it is to not do that, how numbers and would not be beneficial to them during that time. So yes. that is, you know, something that I really happily work with. And also the women in that space, um, I really connect with, but it is very, very different than working with someone who actively um, may be struggling with an eating disorder. And be because of my past, I am able to very easily detect those types of red flags as well, oh, as well as my um, just like personal experience. Mm -hmm. What are your Definitely. thoughts? What are your thoughts on the coach who did the transformation for themselves without having the education and now are trying to guide others in doing the same? <laughs> I think it really depends on what they sell. I don't think that it has to necessarily be bad. Because to be honest, I have multiple certifications in nutrition. I went to school for like agriculture with food systems. I worked in the natural food space for eight years. Like I, I've, but I will say the most important things that I learned were out of my schooling. Honestly, not like so many, I would say, I don't know, whatever. I can't like, I'm not going to rank it, but so there is something to be said for like, really, but to, to, I, if you are that passionate, there's pretty easy ways of at least getting some type of certification. Yeah. So to put that effort, at least in that space. Um, so again, I, I it's so case by case and for example, if you, you might think like, oh, fitness, like, okay, she got all the great information. Her, she now has a dump truck and I want to look like that and have a booty like that. But if you then don't have some baseline of fitness knowledge, like 
you could be in proper form and you could be hurting clients. Mm -hmm. Um, However, yeah, I don't know. I I think that there can be some things with 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 overall health that could potentially, again, depending on what you are selling in particular and the guidance that you are giving, I would not pay for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think that you just need to be upfront about that. Um, And you very much deserve you to like you can ask questions where they where what type of certifications they receive what type of schooling they received but i will say though that having personal experience is what makes me a really great coach because mm-hmm. i'm able to empathize and understand and understand the mindset of someone in that space because i was once that that woman however just having been in that space emotionally is not what provides me the skill set to be, do those recommendations from a nutrition perspective. That is the schooling that mm-hmm. I've had and the and the hours of thousands of of research papers that I've read and whatnot, so that I can be able to help women in that space. Um, and I know that's not a clear cut answer, but I do think I do think it is particularly particularly nuanced. Yeah, I think it's different than you know because <laughs> this is so often the case. The best one that I can think of is like the influencer who has grown a big following and then all of a sudden decides to be a coach. Oh yeah. That is not like, no, I know. Just like, no, that's not what we're doing. Just because, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of people following you does not make you a coach. And you see that happening so often. And even if they've had like the smallest bit of a transformation, it can be like, I lost five pounds. And then like, they're all of a sudden this big coach. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not though how it works. Um, I think I have more of a problem with that. But otherwise, yeah, it's kind of like Casey said, it depends. It depends. It can, it is very, very case by case. Also, that's like why there are so many coaches too, because they're, and I do, um, there's some coaches that sh- should not be doing what they do, but there is a benefit of having so many different types of coaches to, because we all have individualized experiences, individualized backgrounds. And so doing your research, because some, I know that Tara and I know of a lot of coaches because we are in the space. And so to us, it seems like there's so many, but to people who do, who are not necessarily privy to that space and don't get targeted in the same way. And we think there's yeah. only a handful of coaches and there are so many out there. If you just do do a little bit more research and there are incredible people to find online and on Instagram. But um, if someone is ever making you feel weird about asking about their education or wanting to just shove other testimonials in your face as their foolproof without actually giving you any real feedback, then that's a red flag. And just always be a self-advocate for yourself. Always, um, you should always be someone who doesn't, you don't have to, you should feel empowered to be able to make your own decisions and your own choices and be an advocate for yourself. I love that. Thank you, Casey. What would be your biggest tip to someone that's just getting started on a health or nutrition journey? What should they start with? I would say the biggest thing to start with is to first just focus on meals and have it be not like 
these six snacks a day or this, but focus on how you can get three meals a day where you are full for at least three hours, ideally between four to five hours, because that will be a great indicator that you're having enough food calorically um, and nourishing your body enough. And the biggest thing to think to, in terms of if you want to understand is understanding what macros are in terms of protein, fat, and specifically understanding fiber-rich carbohydrates. Where can you get fiber in your diet? Because a lot of what you'll see online just takes like carbs versus focusing on the more nutrient-dense fiber-rich carbs. This is not vilifying carbohydrates that aren't fiber-rich, but understanding that and so that you have a balance of all of these macronutrients within every meal. A big thing I also would say for women in particular, and this goes for men as well, but women I find vastly underdo this, is to make sure you have enough protein. So aiming for 20 to 30 grams of protein per Mm -hmm. meal is what I would say. And that's the only thing that I really talk about with numbers. And I don't have my clients like weighed out or measure, but because so often I see women having like a Chobani and thinking that's a ton of yogurt, I mean, excuse me, a ton of protein, when it's something like 12 grams of protein. So we just want to make sure that we have enough and the last thing I would say is have breakfast within an hour of waking up. So we very often, especially for women and women's hormones, we should be having breakfast. It, it, this does change if you are postmenopausal. There are some changes you can experiment with intermittent fasting. But if you are not postmenopausal, do not intermittent fast as a woman. Do not wake up in the morning when your cortisol is already its highest and then have coffee, which ramps up your cortisol even more, puts you into fight or flight, and as a result, will actually have detrimental effects later in the day. And do not have that coffee with oat milk in the morning. That is the worst thing. We're putting in more more sugar on coffee and we're not vilifying sugar, but we just want to make sure that when we have sugar, we're having it in a, in a balanced way to help benefit our blood sugar. So have your breakfast in the morning, then have your coffee or at least have your coffee with your breakfast. And mm-hmm. this will really help with your circadian rhythms as well. We think that we're doing our body a service when we're like, oh, well, I'll lose weight because I won't have breakfast. This time and time again, we find through scientific studies is detrimental to our health and our hormones as women. Mm -hmm. But also even when we're specifically talking about caloric intake, we find that with it's over 80% of people who then do not have breakfast end up overeating later in the night. Yes. So it's also the psychological components of it, which the psychological is uh, related to the biological because hormones, hormones are not just our sex hormones, hormones, are our stress hormones, hormones like, oh, you know, enable that either us to be in our parasympathetic state, which is our rest and digest state, or sympathetic fight or flight mode. And in order to get the best benefit from our food, to be able to digest it, to absorb the nutrients, to be able to our body to feel safe for weight loss, we want to be have that active, baited parasympathetic nervous system state. So that would be, as I said, having those balanced meals, not waking up and not eating breakfast, but eating coffee instead. Again, it, it could be literally have a scoop of nut butter at least first in the morning, something like that. It doesn't have to be complicated. I know we have a lot of busy people listening to this podcast, busy entrepreneurs, but you are doing yourself a disservice. And the mm-hmm. kind of the third thing I would say is pay attention to how you talk to yourself. It, you internalize. If you are saying that you're fat and ugly and unworthy, even if you're not actively screaming it in the mirror, if you're thinking those things, you're going to act as if you are that person and you're going to yeah. eat in that way. You're going to exercise in that way. And again, just as we talked about through this whole podcast, what's the point of going on your health journey 
in the first place other than to really feel better, to feel happier. And it takes time to challenge those negative feelings and negative thoughts Mm -hmm. and know that it's not like, oh, I'm going to think about it now. I'm going to be the happiest person in the world like the next day. But you can work on it every day, just like you're creating progress metrics with your nutrition exercise. You should create progress metrics with the way that you talk to yourself. Yeah, that was all really good. (laughs) This is really good information. So Maria, how called out do you feel by having your coffee first? Dude, that's not, not even eating fair. breakfast. That's not even fair. Okay, so I wake up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I don't like people talking to me in the morning until after I've had my coffee. And this goes for like my kids too. They'll come in like, mom, mom, mom. And I'm just like, I love you. The fuck? Bye. <laughs> but you can, you can have like a hard-boiled egg or like a scoop of nut butter before your coffee. I know you can. That's good to know though, because I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just elevated like And the, I could do a scoop of nut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Then the task it's the way that your adrenals are affected by just having coffee on that empty stomach. It's just not it's you think that that also what happens is it when you have coffee so early in the morning too, it inhibits certain hormonal cycles that allow you to then have alertness later in the day. And so while you feel that alertness real first first on it disturbs the hormonal cycle because there are certain hormones that are supposed to steadily increase until like um, mid-afternoon and then decrease to then help with your melatonin production. So what you do is when you have coffee, it like X's it. And so then it flattens it out. <laughs> you guys can't see with my hand. My hand usage right here is really, is really something. Um, but then as a result, you then get sleepier later in the day. And that's why then you get that crash. So what's like the best... Mm-hmm time to have coffee in the morning ideally you wait like two hours after After you wake up that is ideal um however i would say if you can wait at least an hour and the biggest thing is to just then have it not before food because at least then you have that buffer but two hours it's going to be the most beneficial and i noticed such a difference like i only i was someone who drank so much coffee and i noticed my cortisol imbalance I have one cup of coffee and I have more energy now, but I wait. And I used to have a, multiple cups of coffee and I'd have it at least one before I ate breakfast in the morning. I'd also intermittent fast. I did all the crap. So now I have one cup of coffee a day, maybe two sometimes, um, but mostly just one. And I have so much more energy. Like I just had my first cup of coffee before this call and we, everyone, we met at 1030 AM. So, and I was mm-hmm. up to 730. Yeah. But I don't feel the need to have to have that because I now have breakfast in the morning. And this includes, like, I worked out this morning. So, so I'm going to try it and I'll report back to you and let you know in back. a week how that goes. I'll give you some free coaching. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you. We're, we're going to be checking in. I, I will be checking in. So where can I find you online? Like, where do you hang out at? Where do I hang out? I'm also on Instagram. Um, that's the best place to find me. I have, like, TikTok, uh, YouTube shorts as well. Um, but... Find me on Instagram at your case for wellness. And I do private coaching. I also have group coaching. We have um, live right now are a round of group coaching. So you just sign up on the wait list right now. And then also coming out like imminently in the next few days, I have my pregnancy program, which is with my business bestie, Sarah. She's a pre and postnatal fitness specialist. And we have a comprehensive course, which goes through trying to conceive all three trimesters, as well as postpartum, everything you need to know from fitness and nutrition. We have specialists who have 
modules as well, from things to genetic counseling to herbalist support. So really everything that you need to know in one space. So excited about it. So um, definitely either, depending on when this comes out, uh, sign up for the waitlist for that or um, find it with like my link in bio in terms of enrolling and getting access to that. Awesome. That sounds so good. I'm super excited to see that program and you know, see how that all goes for you. So thank you so much for coming on to chat with us today, Casey. It was such a great chat. All right, you guys, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Join us each week to gain new insights and ideas that will help you be a business renegade and think outside the box.